The following podcast contains alcohol-enhanced conversations about alcohol, as well as the potential for the discussion about topics of dubious, disturbing, possibly offensive, but usually hilarious interest. The opinions stated herein are solely of the persons making them, and any endorsement of these opinions by any other party is not implied. Foul language is likely, but intolerant viewpoints are not. Listener intoxication is advised. Welcome to episode 38 of the Whiskey Tangent Podcast. I'm Scott. I'm Ed. And this time we have something a little bit special for you and for us because tonight we are marking a significant anniversary and milestone. Who would have thought? So not only are we just over two years from the launch of our podcast in April of 2019, but this right here, the episode that you're listening to right now is our 100th podcast. So now we can go into syndication on TV land. Right. <laughs> now that 100 includes our full length capital E episodes, which are numbered, are usually shorter whiskey shorts and our other formats like whiskey wormholes, whiskey memories, and our whiskey madness tournaments. But it does not count any special announcement podcasts of which we did two. And that's just the way we do things. We yeah, overthink everything. It's not a podcast. If we're just saying, hey, listen to our podcast next week. Exactly. We're taking off the last Thursday of the month for you guys to catch up. That's not a podcast. It's just yeah. an announcement. That doesn't count. Exactly. So I if mean, you go to our website, you'll see we have 102 as right. of this release of this, but it's actually 100. Yes. <laughs> Feel free to listen to the announcements, too, though they're no longer relevant. Right. <laughs> exactly. So in honor of our podcast 100 and our two-year anniversary, mm-hmm. we, we thought we might attempt sort of a reboot of our very first podcast, episode one, in which we pitted Bullet Rye against Redemption Rye. But this time, not only are we switching from ryes to bourbons, we've also got two expressions of each brand. So, as always, Ed's here to introduce you to the four brand new to the podcast spirits we'll be comparing, contrasting, tasting, and no doubt enjoying tonight. Right. right. Now, some of these have been mentioned on the podcast, but we've never had them. So, yeah. the first grouping, we're going to have Bullet Barrel Strength Bourbon, which is 58.3% alcohol. Yikes. Which is about 118, I guess, 117, 118. Check my math. 116.6. Right. I said close to 17. 18 <laughs> was wrong. Um, we also have going against that Redemption High Rye Bourbon, a single barrel select, and uh, it's 105 proof. So no slouch there. Uh, it was a Mount Ephraim Canals pick. Mm. Mountie from New Jersey, which it isn't even a mountain because no, New Jersey. New Jersey's flat as a white girl's ass at a rave. God. <laughs> so after that, we're going to do one of my favorite bourbons, to be honest with you, is the Bullet Tenure. Mm. It is absolutely delicious. This comes in at around 45.6, so 91.2, I guess, or something <laughs> like that. So the last one, the Redemption Nine Year Barrel Proof. It's not as hot as some of the barrel proofs we've seen coming in at 108.2, and you mm-hmm. compare it with the bullet or anything yeah. that barrel spirits likes to put out and melt your <laughs> melt the paint off your wall. Yeah, um, I really, <clears throat> they make a big deal out of this. I mean, the high rye bourbon, I forget what I paid for that, but I want to say it was around 45. But this one was $89, $90, right? 100. It was 100, 100. but I, I've seen it for cheaper. Yeah, yeah. 89 is probably the very lowest. Yeah, I have seen it. it for 89. I probably should have got it because Scott had to pay like 99 for it. <laughs> Um, and that's a lot of money to spend on redemption. So we're going to be quite critical. We are of the redemption nine year that all of a sudden feels like it's a hundred dollar bottle. Right. That's why we're saving that one for last. So we taste the yes. other three ahead of it and the big expensive one. We're going right. to put it through its paces. Now the ten year bullet you can find for about fifty dollars. I got it for thirty seven ninety nine online from Flaviar. Mm. So I feel like it's pretty good. <laughs> if that ten year beats the flavor profile of the triple price yeah. redemption nine year we're gonna have a conversation but we're not going to review the ancient history of bullet bourbon if right. you want to hear about augustus bullet who disappeared with a load of whiskey on a trail yeah you could go back and listen to episode one 
They talk about Augustus, his great-great-great-grandfather, a tavern keeper in the 1830s Louisville, Kentucky. He said he was dedicated to one goal. After experimenting with countless varieties, he finally came upon a bourbon with the character he had long sought after. On one fateful day, while transporting his barrels of bourbon from Kentucky to New Orleans, Augustus' bullet vanished. What happened is still unknown, and his creation nearly disappeared into history along with him. I mean, that's total bullshit, right? And his recipe, they thought was lost with him, but they found a slip of paper in the... In, the, in an old boot at a thrift shop. Right. <laughs> Amazing. So when uh, his distant, distant generational relative, Tom Bullitt, started um, Bullitt in 1987, it was originally distilled at the Ancient Age Distillery. He actually contracted it to be distilled at Ancient Age Distillery, which is different than the non-distiller producing right. model that we have today. Somehow that's different. Sounds like the same to me. Yeah, it does sound the so same. So the first bullet bottles came out in 95. And okay. here's the biggest thing we're going to talk about. It was bought by Seagram's, and mm -hmm. then uh, Seagram's was bought by Diageo, and Diageo still kind of owns them, but not the distillery anymore because I got sold. Yeah, we talked a little bit about that on our uh, second part of our right. sourcing episodes. So they were... Unofficially, their headquarters for years has been at the Stitzel Weller Distillery. Uh. And the brand kind of caught fire to the point where they built this huge welcome center there, like a bullet bourbon experience for like $10 million. Yeah. And yet, while they were doing that, they've been building their own distillery in Shelby County, Kentucky, which has been open since 2017. And see, they say that bullets five to eight years, so... Yeah, it's not ready they yet. They need a couple of years. So they're still yeah. sourcing all of their bullet. Now, we don't know where. And this is the biggest issue with bullet today. Yeah. We know pretty well that after it got done being made by the Buffalo Trace people, Four Roses supplied them with the majority of their yeah. bourbon. Yeah. Just like in 2011, when they expanded their brand to include a rye, MGP has been providing their 95.5 rye bash bill since 2011. Yes. Even though they were still part of the whole Seagram's conglomerate at that point, it's very confusing. Yeah, right. right. We're going to sell this distillery to you, but we still want to source from you because right. we own the brand. Right. Four Roses supposedly cut them off officially in 2015. Mm. And I've seen stuff online that said Bullet Bourbon is still sourced from Four Roses because they have so much. But there's a pretty good fact that the tenure that we're drinking is still all Four Roses. Right, because it, it had already been barreled and they were just aging it. But today, it has to be from Kentucky and there's only a few that can handle right. this volume. The Bean Centauri, oh, yeah, right? And yeah. Barton's and uh, uh, Heaven Hill. And they also speculate that the barrel strength we're going to have tonight is also still barrels left over from mm -hmm. the Four Roses. Cause that's why they're using them. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. And they only put out 3,000 cases a year of the barrel strength. So it's not like they're using a lot of it, okay which is why you know you're going to spend upwards of 60 dollars for that and i think that's reasonable because of its rarity and because it's barrel strength right so i'd say that the book is not finished being written on bullet no until they come out with their own distilled product in a bottle we won't know yeah that's the risk you run when you've been sourcing so long and you have a particular taste profile can you reproduce that when you're distilling your own and can you produce enough to yeah. be you yeah and keep up with your own demand when you are one of the highest selling bourbons yeah. in the country. Yeah, it, we'll see. So I think that what we're going to have for probably the next 10 years will be similar to a High West product where they blend some ah. of theirs with some of the sourcing. Yeah, you're probably right. Because they need to keep similar flavor profiles and gradually change to what they want it to be. Yeah, because if it changes drastically, I mean, you don't want to new coke it. <laughs> Right, because the reason people are saying that the 10-year is Four Roses is because their taste buds are saying it. Because yep. these are people that drink Four Roses a lot, and yeah. then they drink 10-year Bullet, and they're like, oh, Four Roses. Right, right. And we've talked about on here how Four Roses are magicians with their mash bills and their yeast yeah. use. And they can do a lot of different concoctions within their flavor profiles. Awesome. All right, so we got the uh, Bullet Bourbon Barrel Strength in our glass right now. We're going to smell it. It's uh, 117 proof. Right. 68284 mash bill aged five to eight years obviously getting a lot of alcohol in the nose because it's so high proof it smells nice though it smells like a really nice deep rich bourbon mm -hmm. corn a little bit of cherry corn. yeah i'm getting all that there's a hint of floral note just a hint and i guess that's from the high rye it's the rye saying hello hi 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 rye i'm getting like a buttery oh sugar caramel yeah. But yet there's yep. spice, man. Mm -hmm. you, there's oak there, definitely. Wow. 
Yeah, it's a nice nose. It is. All right. So on the taste. Mm. Mm. Deep and rich and cherry. Very cherry. Yeah. We're drinking it neat right now, but I'm just about to switch to some that I've had on, on ice. That cherry flavor really hits you. This is extraordinary. Do you have some on water? I'm just about to wow, put it Wow, where do you put some water on? When you knock this proofage down about 10 points, it's very smooth for the amount of fire that's in, contained within it. Mm. It's very smooth. Um, oak is my first flavor I get. Yeah, so unproofed, it tastes like cherries. Proofed, it brings out a little bit of oakiness and spice. Yeah, pepper, black pepper mm-hmm. is what I'm getting on, mm-hmm. on the tongue. Mm-hmm. The cherry's still there, but it's just not dominating. Wow, it's, it's really, good. It's really but nice. It is really nice, but I have to say, I feel like the flavors are a little bit disjointed in my mouth. They're laying in there like there's some vanilla, there's some oak. They're not blending. That might be a very nitpicky critique, but... Yeah, you're, you're saying that they're not really well balanced. And mm. and I get that with the water on it. Mm. Um, I, What I want to do is pour myself, I'll have some, a little bit still neat because I really enjoy mm-hmm. that cherry flavor and mm-hmm. I want to try to get past that and see if I can taste anything else. Yeah, like once you let the alcohol dissipate, though. I mean, you get some oak on the finish. The oak and spice is on the finish, whereas with when you put some water in it, the oak and spice comes to the forefront and the cherries are pushed to the back. There's something I can't identify. Yeah. Almost like a mint. Oh. At the, yeah, at the, on the very, finish. very end. The finish. Something like a menthol, a coolness on the tongue. It's funny. I'm looking at a review here and it says the finish lingers and turns a touch bitter near the end. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And that's where I'm saying I'm getting the mint, which may be what he's saying is bitter. I don't know. Yeah. Um, like a bitter herb. It'll also, because of the reasonable price range, for those people out there that love high proof cocktails, this could be something for you. Ooh. This would work tremendously in a Manhattan mm-hmm. at its proof because of the cherry flavor. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. I enjoy this so much more without water, as as is my want. But like we said, the water brings out notes that I don't think you that are missing. Like you don't, mm-hmm. I don't miss the oak and spice when I'm tasting it neat. Right. But if you like oak and spice, you could get this and absolutely bring those flavors yeah. out. There's something on the aftertaste that is slightly off-putting. Yeah. It wouldn't stop me from drinking it. It's just noticeable, almost like a leather mm-hmm. to go with the mint. Now that I'm tasting it more. I mean, I haven't sipped in a while, so now, like, while it's in my mouth, the that like there's like a leather aftertaste. If yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's almost earthy, like maybe tobacco or something. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to uh, move to the redemption? Yeah, let's do All that. Right. So this is the high rye bourbon. Yep, I have some uh, redemption history. I'll pour for us while you share your knowledge. Oh well, thank you. Okay, so redemption history. Even though it may seem that Redemption's been around a while, it was actually just 12 years ago, in 2009, that two veterans of the whiskey industry, Dave Schmeier and Michael Canbar, became aware of a sharp rise in individual rye whiskey sales at liquor stores, when ryes had always been primarily purchased in bulk by bars and restaurants for use as a base for making cocktails. Both men, having already been fans of rye whiskey's spicier character, soon decided to get in on the action and go into business together producing rye whiskeys as well as high rye bourbons. And from the beginning, the Redemption brand purchased their whiskeys exclusively from MGP, who produces over 80% of the rye whiskey made in America. Initially focusing on the wide middle of the whiskey marketplace, the $30 to $50 price range, and spirits aged younger than four years. I got a little bit of a wide middle myself. I'm working, I'm working on it. <laughs> wide middle whiskey marketplace. <laughs> it's right right there. <laughs> Whiskey's part of it. There's no doubt. <laughs> but after only a few quickly successful years in the marketplace, Ed's midsection, <laughs> Redemption was purchased by the Deutsch Family Wine and Spirits Company in 2015, who also owns Bib & Tucker, Masterson's, and the Yellow Tail brand of wines. Wow. Additionally, Dave Carpenter, formerly of Jim Beam, recently assumed the role of Master Blender, signaling not only a continuance of attention to detail to ensure consistency from bottle to bottle, but also a willingness to expand their lineup to other spirits bearing different mash bills, different finishes, and much longer ages, as we will be tasting tonight. And so, with all of their spirits resulting from the culmination of years of dedication and craft, balancing bold spice, smooth flavor, and a delicious finish, and firmly committing to bringing rye-forward whiskeys back to the forefront of American culture, just as it was in pre prohibition times redemption is in effect redeeming rye see what it did there sorry i was still i was finishing up the bullet i'm sorry were you, were you saying something <laughs> <laughs> no nice job right yeah right. so the what we're drinking today is the redemption high rye bourbon single barrel select mm-hmm. as ed said uh, its mash bill is 60 percent corn 36 percent rye and four percent malted barley this is mgp's high rye bourbon mm. 
The proof is 105. There's no age statement on the bottle, but it is four years. And that's all I have. So let's uh, smell this. Yeah, okay. Hmm. Interesting. So this is a single barrel. That's making it a little bit unique, I think. Getting so much alcohol on the nose for this. Mm. Corn and vanilla. Okay. Not anything special. I understand that, but that's what I'm getting initially in alcohol. Honestly, I'm not really getting a whole lot on the nose. I'm really getting in there, but the more I smell it, I'm starting to get something more. It's, it's sweet. It's like a dried fruit. It's like, really subtle. Like an almost like an apricot. So on the nose, what they say, they have vanilla wafer. Oh no! What did you do? <laughs> did you snort it? <laughs> I was tilting it back and like a little bit of drop went right into my nose. Now you're really tasting it. Yeah, I've, 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 I've committed to this taste now. Yeah. I've snorted it. Uh, on the nose, vanilla wafer, rye spice, and a hint of red fruit. Well, what's a red fruit? Like It's so indistinct, and I think that the smell bears that out. You taste it? I just did, yeah. Okay. Mm. Oh, it's nice. Wow, I, I have to tell you, this tastes like a rye. There's a sweet bourbon beginning to this. Mm -hmm. Corn, caramel, vanilla, and then a rye spice. Yeah. I mean, I, as peppery as it can be. A wave of spice hits you in the mid-palate. Fueled yep. with alcohol. You actually do get like an oak ending. Yep. And there's cherries on this one too. Yeah. It finishes medium to long because it, it does end. The burn stays, but mm -hmm. not in an unpleasant way. It just an appropriate ending. So here's the palette and the finish. So elegant oak, crisp cherries, and black pepper. On the finish, they say lingering with smooth seasoned wood and faint mint. Let me taste it on the water because I feel like some of the yeah. flavors may be muted by the proof. I, I agree. We're going to try a little bit of water. Because it was nothing exceptional, but it was good. Ooh. Ooh. Nice. Wow, cherry. Yeah. It's popped out. It's, it's a cherry bomb. Wow. I tell you, once again, and I don't have time to argue with you. If you're like, I drink it right out of the bottle. I drink it 128. I pour it right in my anus. I, however Whoa. you want to drink. But wow. there is a whole experience when you use some water or some ice. It changes. And these two whiskeys bear that out. Because the first whiskey, mm -hmm. to me at least, tasted better, had stronger, had a nice flavor at full proof. And then when you watered it down, it brought out the oak and the spicy notes that were kind of a little bit off-putting. With this one, the opposite happened. We were tasting the off notes with the high proof and then we put the water in it it smoothed it all out yeah i have to say i think i like this one a little bit better than the first one on ice yeah I, maybe neat i would nod toward the barrel strat but yes if if you're comparing neat the bullet tasted better than the redemption but if you're comparing on the ice or water the redemption one i mean i think for the price point of both of these just for the record i wouldn't pay a dollar above msrp for either one of these like yeah like i'll overpay sometimes for blanton's or will it rye some things that i like you know i've already gone higher for henry mckenna tenure than i was a year ago because i like it i, I get where you're going with this because i agree these two aren't special in that way right they're not special enough to spend ten dollars more for them if you right. can find them so if the bullet barrel strength was 69 i'm not buying it no if the redemption high rye barb was 57 i'm not buying it right i can get other stuff for that but if if they're where they are they're, they're a good buy yeah I, and talk about making cocktails at 105 redemption good. might make an interesting old-fashioned make a good one too yeah or manhattan for that matter so it's funny i don't like my high proof whiskeys neat but i do like them in my cocktails i don't like thin cocktails well because cocktails are, are going to add other things to it and yeah. and they're necessary necessarily going to water down whatever whiskey you put in there so you do need a whiskey that's going to hold up to all that right so anyway um let's take a break let's wash all the glasses and we'll come back with the second whiskeys we'll have the second round and we have something special planned oh, we have stuff to talk about because yeah. it's our 100th episode and right. we have things to talk about Okay, so we're back for the next two expressions from Bullet and Redemption. The first one up, Ed's going to tell you all about. So the Bullet Tenure, which is the same mash bill that we just enjoyed in the barrel strength, which mm. is 68% corn, 28% rye, 4% malted barley. We'll repeat it as much as you need it at home. <laughs> Until you get sick of it. Um, Stop saying it, Ed. Stop. 
it's got a really like good deep. I don't know what would you call it. Color. It's got a good amber, but more like a mahogany almost. Is it deeper than the barrel strength? Probably not, right? But it's very dark in here. <laughs> I like it dark in my yeah. Apartment. So in the studio, um, yeah, in the studio, the barrel strength is darker, but that's just because it's not as watered down. It's we're talking about ninety-one proof versus one seventeen, but not as dark as you'd expect. Right. So the bullet tenure has always been a private pleasure for me. Mm, it's, wait, private pleasure? Well, I mean, I don't really broadcast it. I don't jack off to it. <laughs> it's not like that. It's not like a barn fire. But the um, <laughs> but if you <laughs> flashback, you know, episode you, thirty-seven. <laughs> Mommy, why is that fire? <laughs> <laughs> why? What is that fireman doing? <laughs> Why is that fireman playing with his fire hose? <laughs> oh my god! I just set the podcast on fire and left yeah. and jacked off to it. Yeah. With the struggles that I've had with the other ten years that I enjoy, which is the Eagle Rare, which is harder and harder to find and more expensive, the Henry McKenna ten year, which is harder and harder to find and more expensive. Stop saying harder and harder <laughs> to find. Oh, oh. The um reality is. The bullet tenure, it's not as good as those two, but I begin to wonder, is it or isn't it? Because I really do enjoy it when I drink it on its own. Mm. And so I think I'm going to be thinking about that when I drink it today, because it's been a while since I've had it. Yeah, this the, is the one expression of the four that I've had before, but don't remember. Right. When you look at this, the nose, you're looking for like a floral, some fruit, and maybe a hint of leather on the nose. See what you get. Okay. I actually do get the leather. It's funny. Yeah, yeah, you really do. It's like a, a shoe store. What's funny is, do you remember the fruit that I said I smelled on the barrel strength? Uh-huh. Do you remember which one I said? You said apricot. I did. And in the tasty note here, it says floral, apricot, almond, <laughs> hints of leather. Oh, nice. So in the tenure, we're supposed to smell apricot, which is the same mash bill. So once again, I'm I'm surprised at how well our nose and our palate have progressed. I mean, I guess I don't have to have an apricot here to remember what an apricot tastes like. I don't think I've had an apricot in a long time. But yeah, there, there, there's definitely a fruit characteristic, a light fruit, like a like what I remember an apricot smelling like a peach or a nectarine or in that family. It's a strong 91, if that makes sense to anybody out there. It does. It it's, does. It's got an oak punch when oak, you first sip it. Oak punch. Oak punch. Mm. But man, the rye's heavy in there. Like it's again, it tastes like a rye, but yet it has the sweetness of a bourbon. It's a nice tasting whiskey. It it is much weak. I don't want to say I don't want to say weaker. Much less strong than the first two that we did, but it has a nice flavor to it. Uh, to me, it still has a lot of burn to it for being only ninety one. Oh really? I don't. Do you get a hint of maple syrup on this? Hmm. Maple syrup. <laughs> Not really. I get caramel. It's a syrupy quality, but it's not that thick. I was talking about the, the taste, not the mouthfeel. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Are you? I did. Okay. I thought I did. What I'm not getting on this is the cherries that I was getting on the uh, barrel proof. It's a much lighter fruit flavor, like we were saying, the apricot mm. genre. Not a cherry. Space. <laughs> Just using different adjectives. <laughs> Do you agree? I do. This might be a little bit more one-dimensional. Yeah. It's so good, though. It's fantastic. So we are absolutely splitting hairs with these, and we're doing that on purpose because we know that these are all really good expressions, but we have to make a comparison somehow. We can't just say, oh, these are all the same. I mean, for a 10-year- We've come two years. A 10-year under $40, I mean- Oh, it's, it's terrific. Yeah. Uh, sitting on a glow for like two minutes, see what the flavors open up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice. Much better on the globe. I'm getting a lot of the cherry back. Mm -hmm. I'm bringing cherry back. What? You other brothers don't know where it's at. What? (laughs) So, (laughs) everyone has turned off the podcast. (laughs) Right. We've gone to two listeners, me and you. (laughs) Twos of listeners. Twos of listeners. First, we were sevens, then we were twelves, then we had a lot. Now we're twos. Right. Got too big. It's just uh, you, me, and Gabe and Andres at home going like, yeah, well, I don't know what that was, guys. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys. Yeah, chase everybody away. You guys are weird. Stop being weird. So do you have the tasting notes for these so we can compare <laughs> what we're tasting? <laughs> you would love to. I, I thought that's what you were looking up. I did, and oh. then I, I you got, got distracted. I got, well, here's why. I pulled up tasting notes, right? And this is what it says. Watch. It says, okay, toasted oak and spicy black pepper. Oh, Jesus. That's that, it. That's nothing. Right. And there's no finish. So give me a chance. I thought I had them up. Jesus. Don't judge me. This is what I'm dealing with. For two years, people. Two whole years. 
damn lucky to have me. All right, here we are. Sorry about that. Okay. So, palette, spicy and wood jump out strongly out of the gate. I agree with that. Okay. Overlapping notes of cherry, vanilla, and leather. I agree with that. Yep. That's right on. Mm-hmm. This is an enjoyable yet relatively shallow amount of depth in the palette that's over with far too quickly. A gentle sipper with a spicy bite. Mmm, saucy. <laughs> a spicy bite. Mm. The finish here, I'll, I'll read what they have. There's a fleeting intensity of flavors here. There is an immediate rush of dark fruit and rye spice that quickly peters out, leaving a dry, flat, and overall one-dimensional aftertaste. Wood takes over and dominates the long finish, overstaying its welcome and lasting longer than it should. Mm. Uniqueness, which I've never seen before in a tasty note. Uniqueness. But Breaking Bourbon, where I'm getting this from, is known for it. The Bullet Tenure has a very spicy wood-forward palate, but packs a little more of a pop. Surprisingly, the extra age in the brow does little to mellow the tenure spice. The extra aging does bring some much-needed depth to its palate that the regular bourbon lacks. This is important since the Bullet Tenure is priced in the $40 range and will be more likely consumed as a sipping bourbon, first being used as a mixer like the regular Bullet tends to be. Beyond its spicy character and great nose, there is little here to call overly unique to distinguish itself from the regular bourbon. Oh, that's fucking bullshit. It's so much better than the regular bourbon. Just the regular base bourbon, that's what they're comparing it to? That's fucking ridiculous. Compar- I'm salty about it. Comparing the Bull Tenure to other $40 and $50 bourbons, its wooden spice rates can be overbearing and won't be for everyone. Even knowing that this is sourced from Four Roses, it's still difficult to recommend this over the less expensive Four Roses single barrel. Oh, which we well, agree. Well, that, I agree which, with that. Which we agree on. If I'm going to drink this or Four Roses single barrel. Oh, Four I, Roses single barrel kills this. Yeah, that's not even. But this isn't a single barrel. Right. This is a blend of their tenures. Yeah, so. That's not a fair comparison. No, it's not. And. Four Roses makes both of them. Four Roses is certainly not going to send its best shit this way, let's be honest. There was also something earlier you said in the uniqueness. Yeah. Um, the extra age in the barrel to mellow the spice. That's not what happens in the extra aging. Yeah. If you extra age it, you're going to get more of that wood spice and less of the sweet flavors, aren't you? I mean, you'll smooth out the overcharacter of the whiskey, but you're not going to uh, minimize the spiciness of the formula. Yeah, I think that whole thing is bullshit. Yeah. I'm, I'm very mad. Well, it's written by Eric. Oh, fuck Eric. And four years ago. Eric from Breaking Bourbon. Scott just waged war on you. Hey, what's your name? Eric. Fuck you, Eric. Fuck you, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's... <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's um, move on to the... Uh, ooh, uh, I love it. The Redemption nine-year barrel-proof bourbon. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to try this. Wow. Ooh, I'm excited, geez. too. I'm a little bummed because I, I didn't enjoy the 10-year bullet as much as I did the last time. I still enjoyed it a lot. But the last time I had it in a bar, which was quite a while ago, I remember thinking, wow, this is really good. And uh, I already have another bottle of it at home. So not that I'm not going to drink it. It's, it's not that level. Well, I think, you know what? I think we were comparing this bullet tenure with their regular mm, bourbon. Yeah. The regular bourbon is really pedestrian. It's used as a well bourbon in a lot of bars. It's, it's everywhere, really. It's Right, it really is, and it's, it's good. Just it's good. It's okay. It's yeah, good. It's just fine. It's what, you, it's what you expect it to be, though. I, and it's really funny how your perception goes into how you like something. Yeah, oh yeah. So because sometimes you're in a bar, that's it. Like that's what you have. Mm-hmm. It's Jack, Jim, and you see Bullet Bourbon. You're like, oh fuck! All right, give me the Bullet yeah. Bourbon. Yeah, like oh, that's well, my best choice. You know, absolutely. Because it's five to eight years, and I know what it is. And you're like, you know what? At that point, you're like, thank God I have it, and I'm enjoying it. I'm like, yay! I have Bullet Bourbon. Definitely. So when you compare the ten year against that, yeah. I mean, it, of yeah. course it beats it. Of course right. it does. Right. But to compare this <laughs> to yeah, like fuck the you, Eric. <laughs> compare this to the Four Roses single barrel. I mean, that's it, just bullshit. It's like saying, well, you know, when you put it up against the Hill Rock Saltern Finish Rye, it surely doesn't. Come it comes up short. Well, yeah, it would. When you put it against a F- Pappy Van Winkle 25-year uh, weeded wow. bourbon. Wow. You had to go that far. Huh? Well. You climbed a mountain there. I did. Without the Whiskey Sherpa. Mm-hmm. He's not here tonight. So, yeah. Ed, feel free to make fun of a Gabe. <laughs> Gabe, I will. Here's my problem with Gabe this week. Oh, no. Sorry, Gabe. We already knew he didn't like bacon. Now, that's fucking bizarre to me. I understand if you don't eat bacon for health reasons. 
or if you're Muslim, and to my my Muslim brothers and sisters out there, alaikum. and happy Ramadan to you. I know it's tough. We're talking about bacon, but it is dark where I am and, right now. And so. alcohol, which they're not some actors. Right. So they're not expecting a lot of Muslims listening to the podcast, but. <laughs> well, um, that's true. They, yeah. So besides them and Gabe, um, <laughs> who doesn't like bacon, today we're messaging with each other, and he has to mention, out of nowhere, unsolicited, nobody fucking asked him, I don't like meatloaf. You don't like meatloaf. I don't like to eat that much red meat. Well, first of all, have you never heard of turkey meatloaf? I Half my meatloafs I make are usually 75% turkey with like just enough ground beef to give it some flavor. Like, or you could make it all, I've made chicken, I made buffalo chicken meatloaf one time where I actually made like hot sauce in the middle and made buffalo chicken fucking meatloaf. There's so much you can do. I can make, I like to make meatloaf in muffin tins, Gabe, where oh. some people like onions. I put onions in like two peoples and two people don't like onions and I can make Oh my this. God, it's a meat muffin? Yeah, meat muffin. Oh my God. Yeah. I want one. Have you met the muffin man? So it's like, <laughs> um, I've also, that's how you make stuffing, stuffings like that too. Oh, stuffing make, muffins. Yeah, stuffing muffins are amazing oh. if you never made them. They're all crunchy on top and all. Oh my God. If you're not going to have it in the bird, you might as well make stuff in muffins wow wow then you can have like nuts and like berries for the adults and then the kids don't have to deal with it or if people once again i'm not a big onion person so this is why i came up with the stuff okay, and, uh, okay. so but like ma- meatloaf is the most anodyne of things it's, yeah. it's so unoffensive it's yeah. just it's just it's meatloaf like, just eat it it's yeah. delicious it's meat <laughs> it's eggs and breadcrumbs and whatever you want to put in it and he likes meatballs right I'm going to say this as clear as I can to you, Gabe. Regardless of what Joe says, Gabe <laughs> is a very good host. He puts good food out, fresh he, Italian bread. He is. If we have, you know, meatballs or your pork, sometimes pulled pork, he'll have nice provolone and, yeah. and some peppers. He's always got a pasta. He yeah. orders pizzas as well. He's like, a ver- if, if, wings. He's yeah. a tremendous, the hostess with the most is Gabe. He's I just not allowed to host that often. Right. That's a whole right. other thing. A but whole other thing. Sorry. You can't tell me that you're going to serve me meatballs and then a big giant meatball called a meatloaf. You're like, Oh, no, 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 no. It's right, like saying, right, I, it's right. like, I, I like quiche, but I don't like scrambled eggs. Like, you're, you're a mental patient. And I said, wait, so you don't like meatloaf or bacon? Do you want the terrorists to win? <laughs> you are un-American. Seriously, you have to like one or the other. In fact, there, have you ever had bacon in meatloaf? It's <gasps> unbelievable. That's what I want right now. I want you to make me a muffin meatloaf with yeah. actual chopped up pieces of bacon. Oh, absolutely. Right. All right, we're going to take a break right now. I'm gonna, we're going to come back with muffin <laughs> meat. It's taking about three hours. Oh, so we're back with our uh, meatloaf muffin bacon bits. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <laughs> we're going to have a cooking show now. Anyway, what are we doing? We're doing the Redemption Nine-Year Barrel-Proof Bourbon. All right. So this is a barrel-proof bourbon. Its mash bill is 75% corn, 21% rye, 4% malted barley. It is MGP's low rye bourbon, even though it's 21%. The proof is 108.2. Age is nine years. It's got great color. Yes. It's really got a great color in the yes. glass. Um, really the, cool bottle. It's different yeah. than their other Redemption bottles. It mimics like a fat Jefferson bottle. Or maybe uh, a shorter squatter uh, Woodford Reserve bottle. It's got Elijah Craig top to it, a big fat cork on top. Sure. Yeah, it has a cork and with like string on it. It was very intricately yeah. um, uh, packaged. It's, it's definitely unique. <laughs> this was, again, almost nah. $100. MSRP is 90 so you weren't that much over it. Right. So what are you getting on the nose? Yeah. So... All of these is just cherries. Like there's all there's cherries on all of these, which is kind of amazing. All of these are have been very traditional: vanilla, caramel, oak, corn. This one, I'm getting a little cinnamon. Agreed. Um, Agreed. Like like the candy though, like almost like the red hot oh. candy. Not so much the spice. Okay. And a little bit of like the oak char. That, there's definitely some oak on the nose. It's sweet and spicy. It's, it's very nice. I, I think I like the nose of this. Of all this is four. the best nose. Do you get any mint? I'm actually getting a little bit of a mint. mint. Oh, yeah. I've been on a mint kick today. You have. You have been. There is a little bit of an herbaceous quality yeah, to the maybe, nose. Yeah, not the, and and that, that could, could be, be what you're interpreting as mint. I'm not saying it's not mint. It could be mint. It's so nice. It's a really nice. All right. I'm going to take a sip of it neat. Okay. Oh, that was not what I was expecting. That's different than the nose. Wow. It's completely different than the nose. It's, it's so complex. There's such a burst of flavor initially, and then dry, like a dry finish. Yeah. I'm still getting it, though. On the tongue, it's still there. It's It's still still there, there. but the throat dies. It's weird. The the finish stays in the front of your mouth. 
Yes. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. The, the thinness is still on the wow. tip of your tongue, but it, 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 it completed its cycle on the back of your throat, but it's still there. I still taste it on my tongue. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is, this is terrific. It's really good. Um, like it's missing one component to make it amazing. And, and do you know what that component is? No, not is? yet. Okay. But I'm tasting it going like, wow, but not like, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow. I'm not like, whoa. You're not like Keanu Reeves. Yeah. This is so complex. There's so many flavors dancing around my mouth. This beats all of the ones that we've had on the table. Uh, do you agree? I don't know if it's worth $100, but it's worth more than what we paid for the other ones. Right. I mean, the thing is that I, I can have both bullets for the price of this. Bullet. I, I see but what you're saying. I see if you're saying. saying which is the best dram of the night, this is by far the best dram. But of the if night. you were going to give someone a gift, oh, a good friend for their birthday. Sure. That fishing. <laughs> he completely fished. <laughs> so what actually are you taking? We've said that it's complex. So let's try to tease out some flavors on the palate. Oak right away. Oak is your first flavor. Yep. I'm getting a brown sugar creme brulee. Like it's a sugar complex in the beginning, and then the dark fruits come in after that. I'm actually not getting a whole lot of oak. Is that what you're getting? Oh, you're also drinking on water. I am not. Oh so yeah, I, I just I, I, I drank to, my neat already. Now I'm drinking. It's terrific. We really splurged on this episode. <laughs> yeah, we have four bottles of shit. Good shit though. It's, I mean, that's our anniversary and our um, first episode reboot. So why fucking not? I think when we look back at episode one, and uh, we have listened to it the past year, it's rough. You know, we hear a lot of rawness to it. But when I step back, I actually am filled with a lot of pride when I look at the model for what we love to do is there. We picked two expressions with interesting backgrounds and good flavor profiles. Bullet Ride, we picked basically because we actually thought it was the best bargain in the whiskey industry. And nothing has changed our mind on that for the last two years. It is still, in our area, about $30 a bottle or about $49.99 for the 1.75. So we looked back at that. We delved into sourcing and MGP in our very first episode and have brought that full circle to our Wiscommentary on sourcing that just passed in January. So that episode has a lot of foreshadowing for Scott and I and the podcast. It does. And it set a bunch of precedents like pitting two distilleries and or two whiskeys or more from the same distillery against each other. That's format that's lasted all the way through until today. Right. We just feel like one whiskey is a little boring. We have something to contrast it's yeah. fun to compare and contrast absolutely when you only have one whiskey it's the best whiskey yeah because <laughs> let's face it uh, the worst whiskey is no whiskey <laughs> well one of our worries about doing that initially i remember is that oh are we going to run out of whiskeys <laughs> <laughs> and of course that's just silly because it two years hence we have so many more whiskeys and new whiskeys are coming out every day yeah we've never done mictors mictors we've never done that's right Barton's by itself. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We, there's ones that we've featured them distillery, but we only dipped our toe in the water. There's right. so many expressions yeah. um, you know, that we can still enjoy. Sure. Okay, so why don't we wrap up the Redemption 9 year? I just poured some more on the uh, on the globe. I'm going to have a chance to melt down a bit. Okay. I'm going to put a little bit of water in mine. It's sweeter. Um, uh, you get some like cocoa notes almost. Oh, that's oh, that's really nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one of the rare times that I like a little bit of water on my high-proof whiskey, this is terrific. It's a little bit better with water. And what's good about that is it'll make it last a little longer, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, we- that's true. This is, wow, this is fantastic. I'm not unhappy with the price I paid for this. I would probably not pay $100 again. Right. I want this to be 89 This is wonderful, though. Yeah. This is incredible. So on the nose, let's see how we did. This is Whiskey Jug again. On the nose, rich dark fruit, oak, leather, complex baking spice, pepper, dark sweets, oil, nuts, and cocoa. All right. So we had, I had oak. You had leather? I did have leather, yes. You you said complex baking spice. You said cinnamon. You kind of said the, the red hot cinnamon. I did. But I, I mean, I was off from that. But <laughs> I think you might have been like combining the high alcohol content with the baking spice and saying that that was red hot on the initial flavor too well rich dark fruit was the first nose but okay so that was the nose so this is the palette oak which was your first tasting note rich dark fruit which was mine vanilla complex baking spice dark sweets pepper leather oily nuts and cocoa the cocoa i only tasted on the water the finish is long oak dark fruit vanilla and corn sweetness well i need your help here i got a tasting note on the palette that says oak caramel a word i don't know vanilla cider and nuts with a bit of smoky char what's the word what is that word 
looks French to me. You know how I am with French. Oh, bergamot. Yeah, what's bergamot? Bergamot is, uh, it's sort of a small orange, and it's actually the primary flavor in Earl Grey tea. What? Is it like one of your Kapari things where you fucking have a... How many magic oranges do you have in the fucking world? One that makes Kapari, one that makes Earl Grey tea. I'm fucking sick of these little tiny mystery oranges around the world that are popping up to make me look stupid on the podcast. (laughs) All right, so in honor of our 100th podcast... Right. We're going to do our top 15 whiskeys. Now, an interesting thing happened when we compiled this list. Yeah, I was very proud of us. What happened was Scott... <laughs> what had happened was... What happened was Scott released a list to me of every whiskey, and it wasn't every whiskey. I caught three that he missed, but um, <laughs> it was most of them. <laughs> you bastard. He, he sent us a list of... of all- I'm only human! You whore! Random belligerence. It's a whore edition. Of all the whiskeys that we featured on the podcast, he said, pick your 15 and I'll pick my 15 and that'll be the starting point for us to come up with the top 15 whiskeys that we've enjoyed. And so, right. And I said, if we got any yeah, correct, they right. would automatically make the list and then we would uh, compromise. Yeah, on the we'd others. argue about the rest. I figured maybe six or seven right. would get on the We same. matched 11 out of what? 100, 110 whiskeys. whiskeys yeah. And I think, our, I think our top four were the same four. Mm-hmm. They were just in a slightly different order. So we were just wrangle that in yeah we had no real dispute until number eight <laughs> when scott had the uh well he'll he'll read we'll the talk, yeah we'll talk but, about it. so go ahead scott number 15 green spot irish whiskey this is one that really performed well on our episode where gabe got his jacket number number 22 uh, we'll make it up it's fine <laughs> so it on the whiskey madness it came in second on our first one so it's performed tremendously well on the podcast. We've been to some tastings with the Green Spot and Yellow Spot and Red Spot. I felt we need to have an Irish whiskey on there. I fought to have it on there. It's an amazing expression, and it's delicious. And so it's our 15th. Yeah. Spoiler alert. There are no more Irish whiskeys no. on this list. Uh, the Green Spot is really unique for an Irish whiskey. Yeah. Number 14, the Weller Antique 107 Bourbon. Right, this is the one that we chase it tonight just to be sure. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, we really work hard at this. I brought my stash over. I have like a quarter of a bottle. And we tasted right, it, was it. Like we tasted it tonight just to confirm. That. Yeah, yeah. Because we really just don't want to put it on it because it's Weller. We're like, are you right. sure it's supposed to be on here? Are you sure? And I like to criticize some of the Buffalo Tray selections, but the Weller Antique 107 is a great whiskey. Number thirteen, the Nika Coffee Malt Japanese whiskey. The Japanese episode with Anders was an eye-opener for me. I mean, I really enjoyed the Toki, but this one, and mm. we had the grain one for the Whiskimentary. Whiskimentary. Oh, fuck. So the Whiskimentary. <laughs> <laughs> so the Whiskey Madness, we had the Nico grain whiskey. Yes, the one that just is, passed. Which is like a more of a bourbon than a, a scotch one right because it's it has some corn and some rye yeah. in there it doesn't it's and not 100 percent it, yeah and it was good but it's i remember the nika malt being very special yeah and so we both had it didn't we yes i believe this was one that we both had in our top 15 that right. we matched it was that, a no-brainer absolutely number 12 the journeyman last feather rye so and i don't think it likes it as quite as much as i do but i don't but it's still good but it wasn't on my top 15 but it was probably on my top 25 so if you're out there and you mainly agree with my palate you will also love this if you've not had it i encourage you to buy it because it is like drinking cherry candy it's 60 percent rye and 40 percent wheat right it's a weeded rye we were on a weeder kick for a while for like six months trying all the weeders because we couldn't get pappy so we're like well let's see if there's any other weeders that we like like what's the big thing about the weeded mash bills right and so we explored that and then we found this one and scott was like holy shit this is like my whole everything right yeah, here. Yeah, I fucking love it. And it's very good. And it would not be on there for me for the top 15, but he's allowed to put one on. And this was his. And I'm okay with it. It's a very good whiskey. Right. Number 11. Old Forster 1920 Prohibition. This is a favorite of mine going back a long time. Because this yeah. was one of the first uptick of the old forester expressions that i bought on my own and it was about 50 55 and i was like should i do it but i've yeah. been reading up on it and i was like yeah i think i'm really gonna like this and yeah. i fucking loved it whiskey heads understand what we're talking about like the first time you buy a 50 bottle like oh my god i'm buying a 50 bottle because <laughs> when you're buying 17 jim beam white label 50 seems so big 
Now yeah. it's like fifty dollars. I'm like, mm, yeah, okay. It's a commitment. I don't stop until it hits seventy. I'm like, mm, what is that? Oh. Seventy two. What is that? Mm-mm. Well, now you don't. Right. But back in the day, oh hell yeah. I mean, if we I have our whiskey for seventy five dollars. I would have just, I would have stayed up all night. Like, I mean, what did I do? We have our story about the the Maker's Mark forty six where we we didn't want to pay for that, and then and then we didn't like it, and then it we were like, really salty. It was about like forty five dollars fifteen years ago. We're like the fuck is this we we had a mixing with ginger ale making like bourbon and gingers we were, and i was we like we don't it. like it ew i had it the other night though it was not bad remember we, yeah i gave it to scott the trial like try this what is it he's like oh it's pretty good I'm like the 46 dude i'm he's like, like fuck, fuck you, you. The 46 you fucking trick me, you <laughs> bitch random belligerence it's a tricksy bitch edition he vowed never <laughs> drink it again. He was like, I'm never drinking this again. It's piss. But um, it wasn't. It's yep. actually our palate was piss. Which is right. Piss. And, and you know, that happens. So now we're going into the top 10. And we're going to give each one their whiskey advocate score. Number 10. Four Roses Single Barrel. Whiskey advocate score, 95. Right. This is one we went to a tasting in the local lounge that we belong to. And we had this and we had the um, small batch and then the small batch select Four Roses is an institution. They deserve to be on the list just because they're Four Roses. I mean, I feel like Four Roses should be like, you're telling me that we don't have whiskey that can be on your list? Fuck you then, Whiskey Tangent Podcast. <laughs> so, so to keep them from being belligerent and because they make a nice whiskey and because Scott loves this particular whiskey. Oh, my God. If you listen to episode 36 where we had honors on for the um, throwback Old Forester versus Four Roses episode, yep. we compared the 1897 Bottle and Bond Old Forester with the Four Roses Single Barrel. And oh, my God, the Four Roses Single barrel was like an orgasmic experience yeah, it for me it down. i just couldn't believe how delicious it, it was, was it was really surprisingly how and good it's like 45 dollars yeah it's something that i think i need to drink more of it, it's one of those things if you're hesitant hesitant what what is it did are i you, say that are you okay <laughs> i don't know hesitant yes of getting the four rows of single barrel and it's in the mid 40s you are not going to be disappointed it's fucking amazing yeah Number nine, Baker's... Elijah Craig. No. Oh, oh no. Wow. I, I made that up. Yeah. Number nine, not Elijah Craig. <laughs> Baker's seven-year single-barrel bourbon. Uh, whiskey Advocate scored 93. All right. Well, they're wrong, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> it's better than the Four Roses, so I don't know what he's talking about. It's it's it, not. It's a... Um, right. This is my add-on. Yep. This is this because this was not in your top fifteen. No, it actually was. It was it in your top was. fifteen, yeah. right? That's why it's above because we right. both had it. We yep. both had it, right? So which this is, is the compromises which is we strange made. Strange because we had eleven that were the same, but somehow the four rows is snuck into ten. But anyway, well, so it, um, you know, there were other. You know, a lot of compromise. <laughs> we're not going to go through our entire thought no, process for a a whiskey that we have slept on for so many years, which many of you yes. in the whiskey drinking yes. world sleep on bakers. Yes. You're making a mistake. It's, it's a sleep on bourbon that you should not. It's 107. It's got a tremendous proof to it. The flavor profile is spectacular. You can make cocktails with it, but at $64, I think you should just put it on the globe and just sip it while you smoke a cigar. It's delicious. We compared this with its predecessor, yeah. which was the Baker's uh, seven-year small batch, and we compared the two of them. They're both very close. And God, God, they were so close that we were getting confused on the episode that we yes. tasted them on. Yeah. Number eight, Blanton's gold and or straight from the barrel. We couldn't decide. <laughs> Scott had straight from the barrel. I had gold. This is from the episode with Doug and Joey. Yeah. The Japanese Blanton's. He brought the four Blanton's. You can't get them. You can't. I like the gold better. It's 105. It's a very good starting point for me. It was. I thought it was delicious. I did like the straight from the barrel a lot, but I'm not as much of a high proof guy as Joey, Doug, and Scott is, yeah. I don't think. Yeah, and I so, think that's why we, we right. kind of put these on here because out of the four that we tasted that night, our top two were the gold and the yeah, silver. And we just had like them the reversed. Yeah, Scott liked the gold a lot. Yeah. So we're, we're giving them a novel mention because it was hard to decide which was which. They're both delicious. Uh, the Blanton's is an amazing story. So if, I haven't, if you don't know the Japanese connection of Blanton's, please listen to our short about Blanton's first and then listen to our Japanese Blanton's because it explains the entire history of why Blanton's was uh, made and all the expressions that you really can't get anymore. Although the gold is supposedly now available in america yeah if you can find it under 200 dollars. right good luck with that number seven will it family estate rye it's whiskey advocate scores 90 well whiskey advocate is on opium 
because <laughs> fucking Willet Family State Rye is fucking spectacular. Whether it's three year or four year, the complexity of it, the flavors, the vanilla, it's the so floral, oak and the leather it's, and just uh, spiciness. God, if you like floral rye, Fuck, it's that's it's in your wheelhouse. Just get it. There's nothing like it, and there's nothing that will it makes that is bad. Rose Creek is not bad. Noah's Mill is bad. Uh, Kentucky XO is not bad. The mm-hmm. Postel is not bad. They're all very, very good, in fact. And everything that company puts out is money. They won't expand. They don't make themselves any bigger. They just make what they make every year, and it's good enough for them. Number six, Corsair Dark Rye. The newcomer to the table. 86 on the Whiskey Advocate, which is fucking low. 86. Okay, so I need to explain the 86. So Corsair Dark Rye used to be called Rymageddon from Corsair until they changed the name. I don't know if Rymageddon was the exact same thing as the Corsair Dark Rye. So that 86, which is the only one under 90 in our top 10. Wow. So I just wanted to explain that. And we were talking to them this week because Corsair ended up winning our Whiskey Madness this year. Yeah. And they were like, holy shit, they were thrilled. Yeah, like, they really were. They're blown like, blown away. They're like, can we use excerpts of this for our uh, social media? And can we, like, you know, use yeah, your images? Use the, yeah, yeah. They're like, hell yeah, man. We're great to be partners with you. It's just, I will just say this to everybody. So I fucking just good. sipped the dark rye. Yeah. It's better than all four whiskeys we drank tonight. So this is what we're talking about, the magic. That's why it's number six. This is why it's a magical whiskey. Number five, Midwinter Night's Dram. It's whiskey, advocate score is 90. <laughs> but see, Midwinter's has different expressions every year. So I don't know which right. one that it, I gave It's it. still a nine. I mean, not, I, I know, guess. Right? Listen, it's the, still in the 90s. Hey, the month I'm going through, I would take a 90. All right. Right. This is one of the first high-end whiskeys we ever drank together. Oh, yes. We were in Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. ready to go to a concert iron room and uh we told the story a dozen times but <laughs> you're you gonna know, hear it again you're gonna hear it again this is what drunk people do there's no list there's this guy right the bartender was the list the owner bartender manager we have no idea he's like what do you like to drink and we're like give us something we never had before but scott's like i like roy and so the, the shelf is just like six bottles deep it's like a fucking clusterfuck of bottles and he sticks his arm in there and he pulls out so disorganized little like an yeah. ounce and a half left in the bottom of the bottle he's like well we can't really charge you for this he pours us each like a 0.75 for free yep and that's how we first had midwinter night's dram yeah and then we loved it to Oof. us at that time it was the best exclusive i had ever had absolutely at that point in my life which was probably about what two and a half years ago did we have the podcast yet we didn't have the podcast no no, no 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 we weren't podcasting yet we were just drinking whiskey we went to see dweezil zappa right uh zappa plays zappa great concert yeah. if you could have seen it stevie vi was there awesome siobhan knows i have a fetish with him but anyway so Wow, wow, I, I see a threesome with you, Siobhan, and oh Steve Vai. I would future. so do that. If he had his guitar strapped on and just his guitar strapped Ooh, on. Strap on, oh. Yeah, just him, <laughs> Wow, him, the guitar, Siobhan, and me, and some pedals, a couple of pedals. Rela- you just need to relax, Ed. Just relax, just let it. Yeah, let it flow, man. <laughs> plug me in, plug me in. Wow. Number four, Barrel Dovetail, Whiskey Advocate Score 94. Well, we had an amazing barrel spirits episode we tasted like five whiskeys all were amazing but of them the dovetail which i have a bottle at home and i have another one of the mail scott jesus because when i joined flavior that's what they sent me to rejoin flavior i'm like they sent me a bottle of dovetail i'm like what i have another bottle of dovetail well see what happens see scott Uh-oh. you should be happy because if you know me everybody i don't drink the one dovetail i drink the second one and he brings the first one over here <laughs> It's not what I would do, but I'm the beneficiary of what he does, so I'm yeah. cool with it. Number three, Angels and Uriah. Whiskey Advocate score 90. Only 90. Fucking, is pricing an issue for them? Is that part of it? No, I think, honestly, a lot of people find it too sweet. I understand that. Yeah. And, and I will say that at one point it was my favorite whiskey, and I've come off that because I, my palate's changed a bit. It's still in my top five, and I think I had it number three. Scott had it for number two, which surprised me. It's my favorite American yeah. whiskey. Right. It's not so sweet for me right. because I have a very muted palate. So I need the right. bold flavors. I need that right. spice. I Scott need burned his sp- tongue in 1998, and he's never recovered from it. So the Angel's Envy Rye, the, the thing that gets me about he it. He microwaved a Pop-Tart. 
my God. For a minute. You don't ever, ever microwave a Pop-Tart for a minute. He knows that. The reason why I like it, because it has such complex changes as you drink it. You can taste different things every time you sip it. You can taste cotton candy. You can taste intense cherry sweetness. You can taste maple syrup. That's the number one thing you can taste on it. You can taste the rye spice, because it's rye. And it's just so complex, and it's a chameleon of whiskeys. And that's why I love it so much. Ed likes to talk about the journey that a whiskey takes when you put water on it, but this one, you don't have to put water on it for it to take a journey. It takes right. a journey every time you sip it. Number two, the Aberlour Abuna Single Malt Scotch. Yeah, which we featured on our Christmas Eve episode. It is fucking delicious. Whiskey Advocate score of 93. Uh, I guess they don't give 98. So do they give 98s out? I don't know. They gave the four words of single malt 95. I mean, that's it's crazy that our number 10 is exceeded everything else we like god i bought another one recently yeah just because i fucking love it so much about 90 dollars though it's it's similar to angel envy scott seems to like very expensive whiskeys when he gets to the top of it so he likes angel envy in this that's just one one a like what i said about angel's envy how it changes when you taste it the additional things that the aberlore abuna gives you it doesn't have that maple syrupy sweetness to it but it does have the scotch barley spiciness Mm -hmm. and also cocoa flavors that and Mm -hmm. it has everything else that the angels envy has but it has also all those things and my palate has grown over the two years that's fair that i think the abelor abuna is now my favorite whiskey number one little book chapter three It's a one-off, so you can't really get it anymore. And it's sad that it's our right. number one. But right. the reason it's our number one is much deeper. It represents a journey of Beam Suntory itself, and particularly Jim Beam's distillery and Booker No. And us. Right. The 92 small batch release of Booker's, Baker's, Knob Creek, mm-hmm. and Basil Hayden. Mm-hmm. And so Freddie No, the grandson of Booker No, he put together a cast-strength version of all four in a blend that he tasted 50s. 53 different yeah. versions of it. And so he bottled Little Book Chapter 3 of really all the whiskeys that we grew up on, that we really became whiskey heads on, Knob Creek. Except Baker's. <laughs> Bay, right. Booker's, for us, Basil Hayden, Knob Creek initially. Booker's, uh, Mike loved Booker's, so I drank a lot of Booker's with him. Oh, really? Did he? he I did. didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's so dumb. He just liked the box. He's like, I can put nails in it and stuff like that. So... <laughs> You can put nails in and put it on the side. It's a right. fucking hardware box. So to us, it was very spiritual as well, but... A- and nostalgic. Damn, it still drank great. It did. And so the interesting thing about this was because... You think we should get out and take a sip? We do have some. We're going to get out and take a sip of Little Book 3. It's our number one for 100 episode. We're going to celebrate with a little dram of the Little Book. Let's all do right, it. All right, all right. So we're back. Yeah, we poured a dram of the little book, chapter three. Uh, Siobhan has joined us because she's never had it. I don't, I don't no, think. I don't think so, it's no. my favorite whiskey. We have about a third of a bottle left. I would love to get more, but Scott, why is that so hard? Because or they so. don't make it anymore. And I found on caskcartel.com, the one that they have is selling for $900. My birthday's coming up in January if anybody wants to to send me. Yeah, it's right around the corner in January if anybody wants to send me a. Right around the corner. (laughs) If Steve in Florida wants to send me a bottle of Little Book for my birthday. (laughs) Actually, this is coming out in May, so. (laughs) Yeah, if if he he has plenty of time to save, he's going to take several paychecks to get to that 900. Steve can't just come out of his pocket. (laughs) Come on, Steve. What's wrong with you? (laughs) We could start like a whiskey. A GoFundMe page for Ed's birthday. He wants to. We transfer like 20 bucks. He wants a little book three. Office. We're going to do a whiskey GoFundMe page? No, just, for, just us. us we oh, I, I, I see. I should mention before we taste this that our Instagram page, which is at Whiskey Tangent Podcast, yes. after nine months has <laughs> finally been launched yes. thanks to Siobhan. Siobhan finally got her content up there, and we had like one comment and like 15 likes. <laughs> that was 21. Ooh, 21 likes. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. 21 likes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we have two bottles of whiskeys and a dick pic, and pretty soon we're up to 21. 
<laughs> and the dick pic has one report. <laughs> one for, report. Like, right. We, we, and, we, and I got somehow I got to shut down already. So, <laughs> so what's our? Do we have a whiskey advocate score for this or whatever uh, it is? We or? do. It's ninety three. They gave it. Oh, I know. So I know. Tough graders. I, I thought my professor was a tough grader. <laughs> uh, all right. So let, let's give it a taste. Awesome. We did a whole short about this. Yeah. It's so good. We've drank so many whiskeys tonight. We've had barrel strength. We've had high rye. This is fucking spectacular. This is the best whiskey I've ever put in my mouth. Ooh, talk about journeys in your mouth. Holy shit. Like, Freddie, know wherever you are. I know you listen to us every week. Listen, Freddie, you did a great job with this one. Like, this was a brilliant, brilliant idea on your part. And our top three, we have the little book, the Arbalor, Abuna, and the Angels of Mirai. There are three different types of Completely. whiskeys. Completely. So this is our favorite bourbon. Yes. Arbalor Abuna is our favorite scotch. Yes. Angels of Mirai is our favorite rye. So that's Maybe. our... Mm, What's number four? It's the dovetail, which is our favorite blended whiskey. Right. But also midwinters might be my favorite. But that's a blended rye. So. Right. Mm. All right. So Angel Envy is my favorite rye. How dare you? I know. I, I, I ruined on. everything. My whole concept. Do it again. Start again. Go ahead. And Angel Envy rye is our favorite rye. Absolutely. Just agree with me. Random belligerence. It should just agree with Scott edition. Absolutely. <laughs> But the little book that we're drinking, as a whiskey drinker out there and listening, this is a precious elixir. These ounces will not be replaced. I was going to call it gorgeous, and yeah. I thought it was weird, but <laughs> it's gorgeous. Like It's, it's, it's like we're drinking so this, and we'll never get this back again. It's $900 a bottle. I'll never have another bottle of Little Book 3 unless I become best friends with Freddie Unless they release a barrel-proof Basil Hayden, we couldn't possibly create this. Right. So I plan to talk to Freddie No at some point because I want to know why this is not a yearly release. They absolutely should be. They should. I'd pay $150 every year for this bottle. I'd drink it, enjoy it all year, and then wait for the next one. And I would drink yours. (laughs) (laughs) Right. This tastes amazing. So I drank more whiskey the last two years than I drank the eight years before that. So the 110 bottles of the list of which Ed says I yeah missed three which i only missed one so it's 111 so we drank 111 whiskeys on our podcast in two years but that is not the amount of whiskey that we actually drank no because we have whiskey that we drank in the lounge several we have drinks we drank in other places several and we have bottles here that we didn't include several so the 100 episodes is unbelievable to me when we talked about this two and a half years ago as a fantasy to be sitting here on our 100th episode drinking tremendous whiskey, my favorite whiskey of all time with Scott and our great friend Siobhan. I thank all of you for your support. I wish there was 600 more of you, 6,000 more of you, because I know how hard we work to come up with a great product. I know how hard Scott works editing, and I know how fun this is. I feel bad for the people that aren't enjoying it. Jump on board. <laughs> Now's the time. I feel bad for people who haven't heard us yet. Yeah, like, what are you waiting for? We're fun. Because we know each other so well. We've been friends for so long. That's the synergy that the two of us bring to it. This has been a thrill to do for mm. the past two years. And I hope we do, I don't know, five, six years down the road. I don't know. I don't know I don't where know. this is going to go. And you know what? I don't really care where it goes. I don't care if I'm, I'm putting having, out two episodes a year like when I'm 70. I don't care. I'm having an amazing time. We have great guests, the friends who come on and do it, including Siobhan, Sue, Jeff, Gabe, Honors, the girls. Mike, Callum. Doug and Joey. We hope to have... Kristen and Jay back. We're going to have and, and Rachel and uh, Rachel and Marty on. Yep. Uh, hopefully, when this terrible COVID ends, yeah, but Vladimir Putin and we're going to um, have Putin on. Maybe Trump. Who knows? Trump. Biden. Well, I'm Ka- the greatest whiskey drinker ever. Kamala Harris. Wherever or uh, just everyone. Everyone. <laughs> but um, well, this will all be cut because we're way over time right now. But we've um, recorded two hours and thirteen minutes. How is that possible? I don't know. I well. <laughs> It's our, it's our hundredth episode, so if you don't listen to it, then, then just fucking bug off. Then. No, right? There's there's no limit to this. Usually, I like to keep our episodes under an hour, but th- this was going to probably be right. We're looking for a hundred minutes here. I want I want a hundred minute episode, Scott. I want it to be a hundred minutes. A hundred minutes, exactly. So an hour and forty minutes, exactly. <laughs> Jesus, exactly. Well, it certainly could be. <laughs> so that's what I want. All right. So I don't know. Ed, take us out. Well. This has been a journey. We've had tremendous whiskeys tonight. We went back and visited Bullet and Redemption, which you haven't really talked about for two years now. It's true. I mean, in detail. 
and look how much look how much we've grown up and look how much they've grown up holy shit the redemption nine year was spectacular and so was the 10 year and so was the high rye 105 proof redemption and the barrel strength they all were good in their own way and if you can get them for the price that they are priced at it's worth your money Yes, I would agree with that. None of them are as good as the Corsair, <laughs> nor the Little Bit Three. <laughs> we gave you our top fifteen, but, right? None of them just the accordingly, top, right? None of them are the top fifteen, but they're all really good. I want to thank Siobhan for her support. Thank you, Siobhan, so for, much for running, running our social media, and keeping me in line. <laughs> and for the Whiskey Tangent podcast, we thank you all for tuning in for the last two years and the last hundred episodes, and we can't wait to see what we give you for the next hundred. And so I'm Ed. I'm Scott. And I'm Siobhan. And we will see you next time. Thanks so much, everybody. Number 100 in the books. Yeah. We're in syndication, bitches. Later. If you enjoyed this podcast episode be sure to check out our next episode which is way better than this one. Oh yeah also follow and like our facebook page at facebook.com slash whiskey tangent and follow us on twitter at whiskey tangent you can follow me personally at that whiskey guy and follow scott at giant cup of awesome spelled a-w-s-u-m just to be annoying hey you can email us any questions, comments, or love at whiskeytangent at gmail.com. And of course, you can find us always at our podcast website, whiskeytangent.podbean.com.